the case for me personally and for us as Stromlo Christian Church. Are we genuinely taking this commission or this command, this exhortation to go and make disciples of all nations seriously in our lives? And then ask yourselves, well, if I'm not or if Stromlo Church is not, then why not? What's going on? Why don't we take this seriously? You see, familiarity is one thing, but then putting it into practice is another thing altogether. I don't remember much from school grammar. Okay, Even though I studied linguistics at university, um, school grammar, well, it just... Well, a lot of it went over my head, but I do remember one term, and that was the term uh, oxymoron. And I think I remember it because it had the, the, the term moron in it. So maybe as a, a teenage boy or whatever, I liked the thrill that it said moron in it. And uh, um, an oxymoron typically is, is a figure of speech where there is two contradictory, contradictory terms next to each other, apparently contradictory, uh, that are in conjunction with each other. So you might know some of these types of things, uh, oxymorons, things like uh, alone together or uh, jumbo shrimp or pretty ugly. Like these, are, these are oxymorons, really, you know, they shouldn't be put together. A couple of my favourites, uh, found missing. It's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Uh, deafening silence, or this is maybe m- one of my favourites, a working holiday. Come on, a working holiday. Really? Uh, oxymorons. Now, I think, it doesn't quite work, but I think a type of oxymoron is the idea of a non-disciple-making disciple. It's not really just two terms, but a disciple who doesn't make disciples. A disciple who's not interested or not passionate or not eager to make disciples. They shouldn't fit. They don't go together. And yet, it's so easy for us being aware that we are disciples of Jesus. We follow Jesus. We love Jesus. We're interested in living lives that honour and obey and follow him. And yet, well, disciple making? Uh, Isn't that just for others? Isn't that just a bit of a an optional extra, take it or leave it. In a way, we can look at our mission statement and say, um, yes, we are to be a Christ-centred community of disciples, full stop. And then, well, disciples who are Christ-centred, yeah, we're a community, that's a good, that's a good mission statement on its own. But, no friends, if we look at Matthew 28 or look at the, the, the broader scriptures, Um, It's an oxymoron to leave out disciple-making. Well, friends, that is what characterises a disciple of Jesus. For we are called to make disciples of all nations. So it's not an optional extra at all. It's not a tack-on at the end. We are to be people who are passionate about seeing the gospel of Jesus going to the ends of the earth, going to uh, the ends of our street, going to our families. That's what defines a disciple and it's not something that's left up to a distinct few people who are uh, gifted evangelists. It's not just for uh, Phil and Julianne McMaster doing uh, navigator ministries or uh, working with military cadets. It's all of us. We're all called to be disciple makers. And I want us to be 
known, and, and I think in obedience to God's word, Stromlo Christian Church should be known as a church who are indeed fishers of men, are, are disciple makers. If we look again at, at that portrait or that time capsule in, in 10 or 15 years' time, if people look at Stromlo Christian Church, uh, we should be known as disciple makers. Um, I've got a baton here and I'm going to, um, I'm going to pass it on to you guys. Um, I'm going to pass it to Marty. And you see, I think we've been given the words of eternal life and it's not just my job to hold on to it myself. <laughs> um, my job is to pass it on. Um, now to Marty. Don't run. No, you don't have to run, Marty. Marty is in my basketball team and he runs fast. Um, but if you can then pass it on, Marty, and we'll just give that passing on, you don't have to do it at any speed, throughout this sermon. See, that's what we're called to do, is to pass on the words of eternal life. I know of a, another pastor who once said, he made the statement in his sermon, I think it was his concluding remarks, that uh, asking the, the congregation, does the word of God or the gospel of Jesus, does it stop with you or does it spread with you? That was his statement. Does it stop with you or does it spread with you? And then the following Sunday, a young person came into the church and he rolled up his sleeve and guess what was tattooed on his arm uh, was that statement. Does the word of God, the gospel, I think maybe, uh, stop with you or does it spread with you? See, friends, our call is to be people who don't just sit here and take in the word of God, the message of eternal life, but to be people who pass the baton on. Now, I think it's increasingly difficult in our culture that we live in. It's becoming more and more difficult, isn't it? In a culture that's becoming more and more hostile to uh, wanting to hear about the Christian things. It's not easy and I personally, I find it really hard. Uh, recently, I had to fill out an application to become uh, the senior minister of this church from an FIC uh, perspective, I had to uh, sit in an interview and, and in that application there were a couple of questions. One question was, uh, when was the last time you shared the gospel or shared your faith with somebody? And then uh, the next question was, uh, list the last person who had become a Christian through your ministry. Now, the first one wasn't so hard. Uh, it, it's... Um, it's something that uh, I had been able to do recently. The second one was much harder, particularly here in Canberra. Um, back in Hong Kong, it was a little bit easier as we were seeing mainland Chinese people uh, becoming Christians and uh, we did have more uh, direct and, and, I mean, we're harvesting maybe the fruit of other people's uh, work as well. But here in Australia, here at Stromlo, um, I couldn't easily say in recent times... Uh, someone that had recently become a Christian. And again, I have to look around us. Um, in our church, the people who have come to our church, we've seen great church growth. We've seen good biological church growth. A lot of you have had babies, it's wonderful. Um, but how many amongst us have become Christians in recent times directly through our ministries? Are we a church that is serious about making disciples. Now, I know that we're a church who is quite serious about pre-evangelistic activities, pre-evangelism, sort of friendship building stuff, whether it's through uh, 
bike riding or whether it's through things like junior drivers, um, playgroup type activities and, and other ministries like that. But how serious are we about evangelism? There's pre-evangelism and there is evangelism. Are we a church who could answer that application form if we as a church were put on, um, we had to be interviewed ourselves, when was the last time we ourselves saw someone come to faith in Jesus directly through our ministries here at Stromlo Church? See, I do want to question whether we are a little bit stuck in a comfortable maintenance mode. We love coming on a Sunday and it's great, it's comfortable. But do we take this great command to go and make disciples seriously. Well, I've been gas bagging a while, but actually the treasure is really in the text. Um, so let's have a look at what the Bible says in regards to uh, this task of making disciples. Matthew 28. Jesus himself has uh, appeared to Mary Magdalene and the uh, other um, other Mary. Uh, the angel appears, appears in verse 5, says, uh, do, not, do not be afraid. I know that, what you are, that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. And he's, the angel's clear to say in verse 6, he has risen. And there's this seeing language here that they uh, can witness with their own eyes. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go and quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and going ahead of you into Galilee, there you will see. Now I've told you. So the women themselves can witness with their own eyes. So the women hurried away and uh, afraid yet still full of joy, verse 8, they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. So with their own eyes they come face to face with Jesus. They clasp his feet and notice what they do. They worship him. Jesus said to, them, said to them, tenderly do not be afraid, go and tell. So there's telling and seeing language, tell my brothers to go to Galilee, there they will see me. Alright, very important. Now let's jump to verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, so seeing language, they worshipped him again. And comforting here, I like this here in verse 17, some worshipped but some doubted. So that can be some of us sometimes as well. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Friends, the very context of this great commission is what? Well, what what's happening? I don't think it's by accident that Matthew finishes off this, his, his gospel, uh, this command and this call to go with the events that have just happened. It's, it's the resurrection, isn't it? It's the resurrected Christ and the physical eyewitness accounts of Jesus himself that set the scene for going and making disciples. And it's not just any ordinary event. So they say, oh, it's just Jesus. He's, a, he's, he's risen from the dead. No, they worship him. They acknowledge that he is the one who is deserving of worship and praise. They fall to their knees. Some are still not sure what's going on. But as Jesus comes before him, the one who has conquered sin and death, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Friends, this is no small thing. 
The risen Lord is the one who sends these disciples out. The glorious Saviour who has conquered all, who now is, is going to be seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning that he's completed the work of salvation. The one who has supreme authority sends out uh, these disciples. Now I hope you can just um, reflect on this for a little bit because this is the same Lord who sends us out. Uh, This little statement here, this Great Commission, is bookended by the statement, all authority has been given to me and then right at the end, have a look at uh, the final words in verse 20, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus doesn't just say simply, hey, all authority has been given to me, then you're on your own, see you later guys. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, I'm with you. I'm with you to the end of the age. Uh, here he, he says, all authority has been given to me, go in my authority and I'm with you. My authority is with you. What a great comfort that is. So as he sends them out, he's sending them with the very eyewitness accounts of the resurrected Lord Jesus. Now, again, I want, want to park here just for a moment because as Paul uh, pointed out in, in earlier in the service, that this mission series, again, has all been about the person of Jesus, hasn't it? At Colossians 1.28, as we looked at uh, that, that overarching statement, him we proclaim, uh, teaching and admonishing uh, all people uh, so that we can present all people mature in Christ, it's the person of Jesus we proclaim. It's the person of Jesus we gather around as a community so that when people come into our community context, they encounter Christ. It's the person of Jesus that we follow. And now it's the person of Jesus who not only sends us out but is with us through his spirit. And again, I just want us to be captivated by the person of Jesus. And I think if we're captivated by Jesus himself, it won't be all that difficult to go and make disciples, to, to tell of his wonder. See, there's all sorts of people we can be easily captivated with, I think. Um, recently, uh, I've been quite interested, well, no, over, over the years, I've been interested in, in uh, endurance athletes. And uh, there's a guy that some of you are familiar with by the name of, of Mark Beaumont. Um, this guy's a freak. Uh, some of you know of Mark Beaumont as a cyclist. Um, Mark Beaumont, uh, in uh, September, he completed a, an around-the-world uh, challenge um, to travel to cycle around the world in 80 days. Uh, this guy wanted to beat the record of 123 days and he did it in not just 80 days but 78 days and 14 hours. He cycled 16 hours a day in the saddle, 16 hours a day, my goodness, he would have had considerable saddle soreness. In fact, um, apparently he had to relearn how to walk again after cycling for these 78 days because he didn't know how to walk. He only slept five hours a night, cycled uh, nearly 300, uh, over 380 kilometres a day. Um, this endurance athlete, he's, he's impressive. He's an impressive guy. And I'm not even a cyclist. Or, <laughs> I, I think... Um, yeah, he, he said that what, what he was able to convince himself to do is to, um, is to realise that his suffering wasn't uh, hurting him, that he wasn't actually in pain uh, and doing himself damage and that he t- convinced himself that he just was able to 
keep going without stopping. Now I'm sure there's an even better sermon illustration there about suffering and just keeping going, but what I want to say now is that we can be interested or captivated by all sorts of people. An even better person to brag about and be captivated is the Lord Jesus Christ. His feats, his accomplishments, his achievements are all the more impressive. And so I just challenge you in your own personal quiet times, um, are, you, are you maybe working through the Gospels afresh? Uh, take, take one of the Gospels and, and just uh, look at Jesus again. Or even, even this week, go back to Colossians 1 or Philippians chapter 2. Just meditate on those uh, sections of Scripture afresh and, and just see how, how glorious Jesus is. See, when you understand how wonderful he is, you won't have too much trouble telling others about how, how, how glorious he is. And also, in the light of the life that we can live as a disciple, last week we talked about the best way to live, even though it's a matter of dying to ourselves, taking, our cross, taking up our cross, it's living life to the full. I mean, I don't have any problem bragging about a new coffee shop uh, that I've discovered or a new um, bacon and egg roll. I mean, there's a great one in, in uh, Farrah. You know, the, 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 it's the to, to die for bacon and egg roll. You've got to try it out. Um, the, the coffee is just incredible. You know, I can brag about that sort of thing to you so easily. But here's Jesus and here's the work of the gospel in our lives. He's, he's changed me He's turned my life upside down. Friends, making disciples, raving about Jesus, is all the more uh, wonderful. He says, go to all the nations and make disciples. In this command, here is an active, uh, active call. The, the main emphasis here, verse in verse 18 here, is not simply one of going into another location, but the main command here is one of making disciples. Now, as I've been inferring, it is very much one of, of raving about the Lord Jesus, declaring the wonder of the Gospel, uh, his saving work as he's brought us uh, back into relationship uh, with God. But there's also the active uh, work of going. Now, um, there's four commands really here. There's, sorry, there's, there's one command, but there's, there's um, three other uh, what are called participles. So as you make disciples, uh, you are to be baptising and teaching and in your going, make disciples. So make disciples and as you make disciples, baptise, teach and go. Now, it might be a little bit confusing, but what I think... Um, uh, is wrapped up here is, is a little bit of a, um, uh, a, a command in the go uh, in that we don't simply sit on our hands and expect people to come to us. We are a going people. Uh, we're not a, a waiting people. Uh, and sometimes we can treat church like that, can't we? We can say, hey, when people come to us on a Sunday morning, uh, when they come to us, then, uh, then we'll share the gospel with them the good news of Jesus. But in making disciples, we are to be taking an initiative. We are to be a going people. And the going uh, there is, you know, it can just be a going to our next door neighbour, a going to uh, our school friends, our sporting friends, our colleagues, but it's not simply sitting back 
and not expecting. And I think in that active uh, work is, a, is an active um, initiative of being prayerful, an active initiative of uh, being ready, being prepared in and out of season to be able to share the gospel ourselves as well. But there's also a clear call here to go to all nations. Now, uh, going to all nations could mean simply coming and uh, teaching Christian education here at Charles Weston School. I mean, to teach Christian education at Charles Weston School, there is a variety of nations right here in the Malonglo Valley. Um, there's hardly any um, uh, Anglo kids in, those, in the classroom. It's a gift that God's given us here right in the Malonglo Valley. Um, I'm thrilled that over 100 children are being sponsored through compassion and 60 in the Philippines. Uh, so there is a, obviously a heart for the nations already here amongst Stromalo Christian Church. But I'm not sure that the, we've actually sent anybody to a nation other than Australia in uh, our thinking about going. I mean, are we thinking about the needs of the nations, those hundreds of millions of people who do not know Jesus? I'll flag something with you. Uh, we have been thinking as a leadership a little bit more how we can be more proactive as a church. Uh, we're going to be thinking more about um, some specific uh, ministries and, and, and goals next year. Uh, maybe we might start something like an ESL class um, here in, in the Malonglo Valley. But um, specifically when we think about our budget for 2018, we want to be more generous as a church in our church budget in giving to mission initiatives. And you'll be hearing more about that as, as a percentage of what we give. Uh, I think we are to be uh, far more active in going to the nations and seeing uh, us being generous in our giving as a church budget. And so you'll hear more about that. And I'm excited by that uh, because hopefully we'll see more reached with the gospel. But here is a call uh, to go to the nations. But making disciples isn't simply about just sharing the gospel, is it? Um, it's also seeing about disciples growing in the gospel. And as Phil shared on that video, I love that analogy there of finding one person to, to know Jesus and one person to grow in their discipleship. One person to know, so hear the gospel, and one person to grow. I mean, there's about 200 of us as a congregation, uh, as, we, as we look at how many people come to our church, about 200 adults, I should say. Um, if we found all of us, found one person to know and one person to grow, how many would that be? 400 extra people. Uh, if that was just in one year or if we committed ourselves to 400 people, wow, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? And then if some of them responded to Jesus in that one year, then next year, there might be a new group and, and then exponentially that could grow to seeing many people reach for the gospel, many more disciples being made. Of course, it's the work of the Spirit, isn't it? But one person to know, that's one person to grow. That's not a big, big goal. Committing ourselves to loving them, sharing Jesus, reading the Bible with them. But when you do think about it, it is quite costly. It takes effort, it takes time. Uh, investment of personal energy, sharing one's life with them. Now, some of you already do this and some of them are already out there at the moment in our children's ministry and youth ministry. They're investing in a disciple-making ministry, which is awesome. Um, praise God for them and praise God for some of you. I said before, 
I questioned how active Stromlo Church is in our disciple-making ministries and I was a little bit facetious in that because I actually know that we are very active in our children's ministry, our youth ministry, because there's disciples being made just up the hill. Um, Please be praying for that ministry and praying for more labourers into that ministry field. But friends, this takes effort, doesn't it? It takes sacrifice and, and those teachers at the moment, they're missing out on being a part of this, this gathering at the moment. Friends, we are to be a church who is committed to disciple-making. But again, I don't want you to just feel guilty and, and beaten up this morning. Oh, I know I should be sharing the gospel but I don't do it. Uh, the Bible says I should do it, I feel terrible. No, friends, this morning I feel that the Holy Spirit and through God's word we are presented with the wonder of the resurrected Jesus and he calls us to remember that he is with us, he has all authority. He calls us to go make disciples of all nations to baptise them and to teach them everything, to be active in our going. We are to be people who pass that baton on. We all have something. We all have the words of eternal life. Let's not just hold on to that baton, keep it to ourselves. Let's pass it on. May the word of God not simply stop with us, may it be passed on through us. A friend of mine was working in the city of Nairobi where visiting, um, visiting Christians, uh, Christian leaders in the, in the um, country of Kenya would come to his Bible college and he would teach them and they would frantically take notes um, and, and, and their heads would be down as, they, as he's teaching them and they would take notes uh, not so that they would just digest it for themselves. Why would they be taking notes and, and be eager to learn? so they could take it back to their villages and translate it into their, their local dialects and pass it on. Now some of you guys are really good note takers and I see it, your heads are often down and you're flicking through the Bible, it's awesome. Um, some of you are just really good listeners as well. But I wonder how much we just take it in, we put that baton in our pocket and we just keep it in our pocket. Are we taking the word of God in so that we might then reproduce it and pass it on so that the nations will know the wonder of Jesus. Friends, the stakes are high. We're talking about people's spiritual well-being for all eternity. For this is who we're called to be, isn't it? This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It's not easy, but simply recommending the wonder of Jesus being captivated by him, being gripped by the wonder of the gospel. I think all of us can pass that baton on. Let's take a moment just to reflect on that and I'm just going to read again uh, this great commission, this command. I just want you to maybe just come before God um, in your own hearts and, and and ask God how seriously you're taking this command. After all, it's God that's giving this command, or Jesus, it's not Dan. 
I'll read it and then you can just pray in your own hearts. And, and maybe you're someone who actually isn't yet a disciple of Jesus. You haven't yet uh, put your hand up and said, yes, I want to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Well, let me say again that that's the best way to live. You can know life to the full in following him. Let me read it and then I'll give you a moment to reflect. Uh, If you have it there in front of you, maybe you can follow it again and then I'll close in prayer. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.